Hello, everyone. Just to make you aware, we do spoilers on this show. So if you haven't seen the film that we're discussing, I'd recommend going and checking it out before listening. If you're happy to hear spoilers, then carry on. If not, check us out, check out the film, and come back to us when you're ready. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Clapperboard Climax. Thank you for joining us. As ever, I am Dan, your intro man, and I'm joined by Joe. Hi. And Anna. Good evening. Good evening. And good evening indeed. We are filming this quite late on uh, past my bedtime. Past Anna's bedtime. So I'm hoping this leads to some excellent conversation, like a sort of angry mama bear, if we provoke her. Um, This week, we are going to be discussing a film that I didn't think would trigger as many people in the group as it has. And we are going to be discussing the B-movie, or just B-movie, as it's called, um, about the little buzzing insects. Now, as usual, Joe has run the uh, competition on the social media accounts. So, Joe, I'm sure that I can think of one name already that's going to have got this, but has anyone come back at you with a good guess? Can we guess who was number one? Was it the Curious Cinephile? It was indeed. Ah, this person. Straight away. Um, Although the first guess was Sour Grapes. No. Don't, oh. don't even know what film that is, if I'm honest. Can add that and, he to t- my... and he said, just a wild guess. <laughs> <laughs> Let me find out. Because the first clue was um, obviously the lead, which is uh, Jerry Seinfeld. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm hoping, just for my thing, that Jerry Seinfeld isn't even in this film. <laughs> <laughs> just for no reason. Sour Grapes... So maybe it's as far as I can tell, there's nothing to do with Jerry Seinfeld. Mm. (laughs) Wait, it's a wild guess. Uh, It is literally a wild guess. A wild guess appeared. I I think he wants us to choose it. Yeah, yeah, maybe. I mean, you know what? I would like. I would like at least one person every week, regardless of what the quotes, what what the quiz is, just to guess sour grapes. Just one to prove that you're listening to this podcast. Um, like, you know, when they go, oh, prove you've read the question, and at the end it says, actually, just write sour grapes as your answer. <sighs> just say say sour grapes, and we will... Uh, we'll love it. We'll give you a, a shout-out. So, yes. Hi to this curious cinephile, our number one fan. Booyah. Undisputed. Um, we also have Mike, uh, who is um, Phantom Digger 1313 who straight away was B-movie, um, said it was straight away because it's the only movie that he knows uh, <laughs> that Jerry Seinfeld is in. We also have a, um, a can't, f- first guess from That Flick Chick. That Flick Chick. Uh, on Instagram. Um, again, genuinely cannot name another film Jerry Seinfeld is in. Has <laughs> he been in any other films? Mm. Uh, I don't know. I hope not. Um, <laughs> the first, um, we have, um, I nearly said clapperboard climax then. That, that, <laughs> yes, that would be easy. Um, we have Tipsy Flicks. Remember the guy? 
Oh yeah. Uh, yeah tipsy flakes. beers and stuff. Thought it was thank you for smoking. Um, but that's because I put a very Sig. clever clue. I put mm-hmm. Benson and Hedges. Nice. Because nice. Uh, the main character is called Barry Benson. Which I also thought was very good because there's a whole bit in this film about smoking. I did that before I'd even seen the film. So. Yeah, you were so on it. You were so on it. <laughs> it's just clear. And then Over the Hedge, um, but it wasn't Over the Hedge. It was, and then he did Guess B Movie. We also have um, got lots of these. Um, Filmfluence Podcast which I was lucky enough to be a guest on last week or the week before. Nice. Um, they're, they're a new podcast, so uh, check them out. They did a good episode on um, 10 Things I Hate About You. Oh, such a good film. And why it's not a wrong really? <laughs> Yeah. I love, I love that film, yeah. Um, we great. also had a last-minute entry from a, uh, our friend's the guys in Wales that I was on a podcast with, which is the Hoffy Coffee Cast. The Hoffy Coffee Cast. The Hoffy I Co- hope that's to do with David Hasselhoff. It's not. It's because um, oh, of Wales, the Rudui Hoffy Coffee. Um, but also, from- David Hasselhoff's wife is from Wales. And super secret big coffee fan. Well, that they guessed via comment which lads you should know it says in their dm don't comment because then other people will see it but it was really late in the day so i'll I'll let them off um and they only guessed by commenting you're like jazz (laughs) which i believe is a popular meme now yes but yeah um lots of guesses this week excellent excellent well thank you very much to everyone who guessed whether it was a correct guess, a stab in the dark, or an unsolicited non-DM message. We're yeah. on board with all of these, so thank you. Uh, we did indeed watch the B movie this week, and um, I'm, I'm happy to do a quick synopsis, just in case anyone listening hasn't seen it, as I hadn't. I'd not seen it until Monday morning when I gave it a quick watch. Um, but would either of you two like to, to do the synopsis? Do you want me to do it? I don't think I, I saw enough of the... You need to give me adva- notice if you want me to do a synopsis. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it true. Requires, it requires concentration. But I love springing it on you just to see. This is but how you we know, know I don't have a huge attention span, so it's difficult for me. I know, but this is actually my, my trap for you, Anna, that I think sometimes <laughs> you're like, I hate this film, and I'm going to go do the synopsis, and you'll be like, yeah, straight away, I know it, back of my hand. And that's how Joe and I will know that secretly you love it. You're a big... <laughs> Com fan at heart. Um, <laughs> if I did this one, it'd be really, really basic. <laughs> Would it be? There's a B. He engages a bestiality, and then the film ends. Bestiality. Bestiality, which surprisingly is kind of a weird theme in this film. Um, okay, so the B movie in a nutshell. The B movie follows the story of, as Joe already has said, Barry B. Benson. Hence Benson Hedges, who is a honeybee. He graduates at the start of the film and then he is thrown into this really sort of corporate beehive where there's jobs for everyone and it's all about honey production and honey making and everyone can have a role in making the honey. But as is classic with, with many films like this, he's a bee out of time, out of place, 
and it's just not for him. He doesn't want to partake in this corporate life. He wants to do other things. And so he goes out on a, a pollen collection run with the pollen collecting bees. Pollen uh, jocks. The pollen jocks, yeah. Yeah, actually, I thought that was quite a good name for them. It, it suited them as a little group quite well. Um, and he ends up getting lost. He encounters uh, a woman who, as Anna said, there's this kind of weird undercurrent of bestiality to it because he falls in love with her. And and then in a really weird twist, they become like a sort of weird friendship couple because she she responds to his advances. She has about 30 seconds where she freaks out over the fact bees can talk and one of them is apparently in love with her. And then nobody just... else does. Can I just add that in? <laughs> yes, that is completely true. I'm sure we'll talk about that later, but nobody else seems to have that moment of, oh, shit, a talking bee. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's just her. She's the only sane human in this. Renee story. Zellweger. Let's get that in there. Renee as well. Zellweger as well. Yep. Yeah. Um, her character is Vanessa. Vanessa Bloom. I don't know if you can pick up on the clever pun in her name. You better get used to it because oh, there's a lot of it. She's a florist. Um, and, um, and then what follows on from that is this weird thing where actually the rest of the film is is three other stories crammed into <laughs> one film. It's like they knew they'd never get a sequel. So they put the sequels oh. into the rest of it because he falls in love with her. They become a couple. And then while they're out at the shops, he sees that humans enjoy honey and he decides that that is effectively bee slavery because the bees don't get paid for the honey, but the humans enjoy the honey. So he starts a legal campaign to sue all humans in, you know, in favor of bees and their honey production, which, spoiler alert, he wins without really any effort. And then the honey is all given back to the bees who become lazy and refuse to pollinate <laughs> And, uh, and as a consequence, all sort of flora on Earth, all plants die immediately. Very quickly. Yeah. Yeah. Immediately. immediately. I immediately. mean, the timeline must be humans give the honey back to bees. Bees have a mad couple of weeks just getting absolutely wasted on how much honey they can now eat, drink, whatever they do with it. Within about a fortnight... All the plants on Earth are dead. Destroy the entire ecosystem. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And uh, and what's really sad is that Vanessa Bloom is a florist, and so now her business has gone out of. Well, it's it's just not tenable anymore. She's had to close. Although she definitely encourages his lawsuits <laughs> quite a bit, and in fact, she helps him. Like, she does. Isn't she part. She's yeah, but she and then seems really surprised and blames him quite a bit. Oh, I, she's super passive aggressive. This oh, one has yeah. got some issues that I would like to discuss quite a lot <laughs> as we go through this recording. Um, so, yeah, so then all the plants are dead. But Barry, he realises that if him and Vanessa go to the final plant festival ever on the face of the planet <laughs> in the world in Pasadena, um, then what they can do is they can steal some flowers, fly them back to New York where the film is set, and then his hive, the one hive of bees that he's part of, can take that pollen that's still in the plants and repollinate the world. And, <laughs> and I kid you not, it is the world. And uh, and then all life won't actually go extinct because a bee won a lawsuit. We can continue to live 
as a planet. But you're, you're missing the vital sort of, you know, plane hijacking. Oh, we're going to get well. to the plane hijacking. Don't you worry about that. <laughs> because Anna is absolutely correct. There is a section where a bee... This goes on for ages. A, a bee and a florist hijack a plane. And uh, he has his own seat. Yeah, it's it's intense. Um, and anyway, the long and the short of it is they get the the plants back to New York. They they <laughs> yeah they pilot this jet. They get the plants back to New York. The beehive are just all on board with this. They've realised that actually having an easy life isn't for them. They want to go out flying, and um, and they they repollinate all the plants and they repollinate them almost immediately. By which I mean they drop some pollen on each plant and within about three or four seconds the plant is revived because pollen, as we all know, is magic and mm. uh, and does come possibly from a fantasy film. And then at the end of the film, uh, Barry B. Benson, our bee who didn't want to go into honey production, is now an animal rights lawyer. <laughs> he's consulting with other animals and there's a very funny bit at the end of the film where he's talking to an irate cow. Oh, <laughs> shapes. Which um, he passes on to the mosquito very quickly. He passes he on is to... the best character in this, by Yeah, the way. to be fair, has, has like the only good joke in it at that point. Yeah, yeah. There's, there's the two jokes. Familiar. Yeah, there's two jokes that made me laugh. One was Moose Blood, the mosquito lawyer at the end, who I'll let you two fight over who gets to say the line. And then there's a bit earlier about uh, fake flowers and Barry B. Benson goes, I can't be doing it with a daisy who's had work done. And no, I, there's loads of funny bits. It's a daffodil. It's a bit a with the crick, when the guy's randomly talking about um, hooking up with the cricket and those legs kept him up all night. Yeah, that was, yeah. And well, this is something we're going to come to because that is the film in a nutshell. It's wait. It's, it's the story. Oh, what? What? No, I just can't wait to talk about it. Oh, oh, Get enough, on with enough. it. Sorry. So that's the story of bee movie it's a bee who doesn't want to work in the hive so falls in love with a woman sues humanity wins the case and gets exactly what he wants dooms humanity and the entire contents of the earth to immediate extinction in a brutal and horrible way realizes that's bad reverses everything that he's done up until that point and then becomes an animal rights lawyer at the end well, and he also, along the way, destroys the careers of uh, Ray Liotta and Sting. Yeah, absolutely. Who, in my opinion, the only two good <laughs> roles in it. I, I, was it them voicing it? Yeah. They were funny. I think they it was. Good. They were good. So so that is the, the synopsis and the plot of the movie. What you can't see is that we've um, we started... Uh, videoing as we record these so I can see Joe who looks like a man who's about to have a breakdown because <laughs> I I thought I didn't particularly enjoy this film until me and him got talking about this yesterday when he tried to watch it um, so I'm just going to throw this wide open any opinions anybody it's <laughs> would, funny would like to go first <laughs> sure I mean, I, like, I thought it was. I thought it was quite funny. It's harmless. I mean, it's not. It's not supposed to be taken seriously, <laughs> is it? It's completely stupid, but it's a cartoon. So, <clears throat> I thought there were some funny bits. I mean, it's just. It kind of, you know, it touched a nerve in me because it really mean. It's just about, you know, 
society. It's just taking the piss out of society and people giving up on their dreams and working for the man. That's what it's really about, isn't it? There is definitely an element of that. Absolutely. And Absolutely. That's what I believe. I, as I was watching it, thought you probably were going to like this film because the animals are the heroes. Exactly. And what's the line? Is that all life has value. All life has value. He says that several times mm-hmm. and it's true. Mm-hmm. Except for um, <laughs> babies and children and, you know, Nazis and shit. Well, that's definitely the viewpoint of Barry B. Benson, because there's no way that him and Vanessa are having a family. And yet he's doomed her to a life where she, they're definitely dating at the end of the film, aren't they? <clears throat> we, you haven't mentioned her um, boyfriend, oh. Ken, who I think is one of the best characters in it. An Patrick, absolute legend. Patrick Warburton. I don't know who that is. That's in real life. See, that's this some... is where we're going to clash. he was funny but right i i love patrick warburton who is that the problem the guy who played that character the problem is is that he is classic shouty patrick warburton only does like stuff when he's shouting and and the thing is like I've seen him in other stuff where he's been really funny and he does have that capacity, so it's not his fault. It's that he's been directed to be shouty Patrick Warburton. Angry and, Patrick. and there's just no depth there. And I get it's B-movie. But I think my problem with the film boils down to two things. One, his name... <laughs> Barry B. Benson. Oh right, yeah. Perfectly encapsulates my main reason for not liking this film. The fact that his middle name is B. Mm. If maybe it stands for Balthorton. <laughs> but if you told me really? that this um this film was entirely funded by bees I would not be surprised and like some bee marketing executive has gone we need to get more bees <laughs> bees everywhere it's like everything is bee related everything is and and it's essentially from like and I'm glad that we did like I did this intentionally before I'd even seen the film but it was like because I wanted it to be that we were not necessarily comparing directly, but seeing how different films do similar things in different ways. Mm-hmm. And if you look at Finding Nemo, Finding Nemo is a great example. And Disney do this all the time, and we talked about it last week. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> of anthropomorphizing creatures and animals, but they do it in a very different way. This felt like being hit over the head with a hammer. And it's like, yes, it's bees, but they're human. And everything like but they act like humans and everything has to be like and it's like if 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 it was the same, we'd go to the human bank. Or like like everything would be called this is human <laughs> juice. Do you know what I mean? That it's like and then the other problem that I have with it is I completely agree with the 
um, with the point it's trying to make and with the lessons that it has, that I think all life has value. And that thing, and we need to protect bees and we need to not work to the bone and like everything like that. But the problem that I have with it is it's so heavy handed that Mm -hmm. it's just screaming at you, this is a lesson. This is a, like everything is on the nose, and it's like, oh well, maybe I. And it's like you kind of, um, stuff like this is predictable anyway. But it's like, okay, so he's won the lawsuit. That you would think, if that was the end of it, mm. would be Act Three. Yeah, but it's at this time, which means there's more to go. Yeah. So obviously, he's then going to realize that there's. He's made a mistake and something's happened. The quickest lawsuit of... in history, by the way. Mm. The, yeah, oh no, yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> and the fact that they he just brought in a bear. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, Do you know what? I didn't like points. that because I feel like he was mistreated. <laughs> he had some sort of chain around his neck and I thought it was like dancing bears in, uh, I don't know where they do that, China probably. You know, that was wrong. Yeah, yeah I think... Uh, but but I think the, the 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 biggest thing wrong with it and the most criminal aspect is the fact that I found it incredibly unfunny. No, and it's like, and I found it that it was like. So, for example, if I compare to Halloween Two, <laughs> <laughs> yep, like I laughed more at Halloween Two than I did at B Movie. Did you even finish Halloween 2? Yeah. So, again, I had to watch this in two parts. (laughs) This one? Yeah. About ten minutes long. So I watched... I know, exactly. I I managed to watch Halloween 2. I managed to watch 40 minutes. And then I had to watch the remaining hour. The other night... Was it last last night? I watched um, 25 minutes... <laughs> Turned it off because I was like, I am bored to death. Like, what? I don't find any of it funny. Th- like, I laughed more in the two minute clip that I sent you of the unnecessary censorship of the film <laughs> that is genuinely hilarious than I did in the entire film. Because it just, like, it, I just found it really, like, and it's not like it's unfunny as in I hated it. Mm. I just didn't think any of any of the jokes were funny. But surely John Goodman in some sort of baby stroller thing was quite funny. John Goodman was quite good. He was brilliant. And Ray Liotta was... And it actually looked like him. And acted like him. No? I, I, it did look like him. And the, the mosquito, come on, that was pretty funny. When they were like on the window, on the all dead on the windscreen. That's quite funny, no? Yeah. The film is oddly centred on death, though. It is. There's there's at least two or three moments where there's like real sections about death and dying, and it was a bit like, oh my good, this is is for children. I don't know, we shouldn't shy away from those things. About death. I know. I mean, don't get me wrong, I, I enjoyed the windshield bit, but it was a bit like, oh no, that one's actually dead. It's like, oh, there's I something quite that bit. sinister. That bit. Good. Sin- 
I think you've both touched upon points though, like a point that I would make that um, I wanted to make, but it's almost the the characters around the the central characters that are the enjoyable ones. John oh, yeah, Goodman it's is never the case. It's great. Characters always when, shit. I don't know. I disagree. I would disagree. Um, and it's the way they deliver. You know, John Goodman is so OTT is that big baby lawyer effectively from the south He's who's just so a good. good lawyer man southern gentleman well not the gentleman he's yeah. a southern man he's a he's a good southern man and mm-hmm. um sting and ray liotta are both enjoyable as cameos of themselves and i thought that was funny i thought that was funny as well I, I think this is the thing i think ultimately for me the reason i didn't like this film was that i thought it was clever in part but it lacked charm Mm-hmm. I think if you compare it to say, I know that it was a deliberate, non-deliberate compare and contrast with uh, Finding Nemo last week and looking at things. But actually, um, if you look at the things we talked about last time with that, and actually if you look at Pixar films in general and then compare it with this one in particular, at no point was I particularly bothered about what might happen because everything dear old Barry B. Benson did, he immediately succeeded at. And I think this is why, for me, it felt like three movies crammed into one, because it's, I, I suppose it goes back, to, again, to that Pixar thing about you appreciate characters more for trying than succeeding, because he doesn't want to work for the big corporation, he wants to go outside. Oh, you can never go outside, only the pollen jocks can go outside. Can I go outside? Yeah, that's fine. Oh, I've, I've, seen, a, I've seen a woman, How? oh, she's so beautiful, she'll never fall for me. Do you want to go and have coffee outside? Yeah, all right, that'd be great. Okay, that's fine. I'm going to sue humans because they enjoy honey. Yeah, great, you've sued them. You've won. And and every sort of 20 minutes, he immediately succeeds on the next project. Well, um, maybe he believes in the laws of attraction and he's just not a negative person. And, and that's that's absolutely fine. Barry <laughs> definitely believes. And, um, and, and, and I'm that's beginning... why everything works out for him because he's not a negative person like you. <laughs> no, no. Let's not get I think uh, you guys need to just chill out, get a grip. It's a cartoon. It is a cartoon. It, it is a cartoon, but also and they made a very good point about how sexy spiders are. Oh, spiders are not sexy, which I no. have to agree with. And they're the hot hotties of the insect world. It's it's got a lot of adult themes, hasn't it, in there? But they're not definitely. Hidden. It's really like on the nose. <laughs> it's like, ha, that man fell into a pot of honey. Also, I had sex with a cricket for three days. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like, oh, okay. Slapstick for the kids. Sex reference for mum and dad. And how lawyers are blood-sucking parasites. That bit was good. He yeah. was great. What? Who was that? The voice of the mosquito? Chris Rock. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's it. Yeah. It was Chris Rock. Um, he was... He was about the only character who wasn't a B pun. Because I do want to go back to that with Joe said. The cast list, you've got uh, Barry B. Benson. You've got Vanessa Bloom. You've got, uh, obviously, Mr. and Mrs. Benson, who are also Mr. and Mrs. B. Benson, strangely. Mm-hmm. Um, you've got Judge Bumbleton, who's voiced by Oprah. I'm sure she's proud of that credit. <laughs> you've got... Uh, she hasn't got enough. <laughs> yeah, she, pro- got... she probably needed the work. 
She probably, yeah. You know, she was waiting for a royal interview. Um, you've got a character called Dean Buswell. Don't even know who that was. Um, and when I'm looking through it, I'm surprised they didn't turn the rest of them into... Yeah, but into then you've got the random friend, Adam. And then this is my point. The only other sort of main <laughs> character B is called Adam Flayman. Adam. Oh, no, and Ken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's like, hang on. What's going on? The, surely the bees should have bee puns and everyone else should yeah. just have a normal yeah, name. Maybe but Adam's probably... last name was like Honeysuckle. We just yeah. don't know. Yeah. Either yeah, it, it feels like you had one job. Either name all of them or none of them. The... <laughs> yeah. Really steer into it. It's it's strange. And then the only character who I thought they probably really wanted to give a B-related pun to. Let me just find it because I found it a minute ago. Because um, also another weird thing is that they have celebrities. Well, they have. Larry King, they have, I, they have I need Larry. to talk about this. I need to. I need okay, to. Hang on, I, no, no. I'm going to do it first because you know Ooh, full well that they, they wanted to give him a B pun name and they wanted to call him Larry Sting. You know they wanted to call him Larry Sting. And then somebody mm-hmm. probably went, yeah, but we've also cast but Sting. Sting. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can't have Sting and Larry Sting. <laughs> so it's so strange. But Joe, you look like you're about to explode. So why don't you drop Oh, I can't pictures. see you guys. Hang on. <laughs> it, I'm it, not turning it, my camera on. <laughs> Do it. it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> because I was sat thinking, so they expect us to believe that there is a Larry David B... Day. In B world, mm-hmm. but then this B references the fact that there is a Larry. De- like it just blows my mind that I just don't. I don't get it. I don't get what they're trying to do because either commit to it and go, "Yep, yeah, everything's the same." There's a there's a, a Larry David um, B. But then you've just undone your own argument by saying, oh, well, there's also, it just doesn't, I don't. I, I, thought I mean, I know I always say this, but I think you're trying to make it something it's not. It's just like a cartoon about bees. True, true. It is just, I, mean, I, <laughs> I want it to be good. I want it to make sense. Here's the thing. I'm but gonna it's come at this not, not the... going to make sense. It's about bees suing the human race. It's not going to make sense. <laughs> yeah, but the film last week was about fish on an escape mission and we all and to be honest i'm gonna i'm you're not gonna like this as an opinion i feel like last week's podcast was a little bit boring because the film was was so so bloody boring that's why i didn't say anything but we established it was so good so early on that we ended up talking about other tosh just to fill the time because because you kind of go it was good because you go finding nemo it's the story of the great escape with fish but you buy it so 100 percent that you aren't in the end of the film going, oh, it's fish. Whereas with this one, like Joe said, I, it is a kid's film. And we all know that of the three of us, I am Mr. Middle of the Road with films. I don't think any of my scores have strayed beyond an average of somewhere between four and eight. It's just, it's a film. I like films. I enjoy them. I watched this. I sat there. I ate my breakfast. I put it on. One hour and 40 minutes later, I went, yeah, I've seen B-movie. I didn't realise it was so old or so weird. I enjoyed it. As a, as a thing but as a well-written story it was like do you like bees because you're going to hear a lot about bees over the next 
next hour and a half of your life and also none of this makes sense and if you want to argue with me Anna that's fine but I'm going to now come back to the plane hijacking that you mentioned (laughs) and we're going to talk about that for a second because at one point the bees land a land a plane just like I was going I don't even understand I I thought I tripped something it's the fact that they said has anybody got flight experience (laughs) and Poor little Barry goes, for me, <laughs> as if that is in any way comparable. And I'm aware that that's part, that that is the joke. That is the joke. I, I do know how jokes work. It's just, it's not funny. But why didn't, so I just, the thing that did bug me, did you get it? <laughs> nice, Sorry. well done. Yay. See, that um, was funnier than most that, of the jokes. That was great. Well, do you want to write the sequel? Yeah. <laughs> is, you know what? I could write an awesome You really sequel. should. But um, is that the, the, can, the continuity isn't quite there with, I know I said earlier about people recognising that bees can talk because the pilots are like, what the fuck? There's a talking bee. But then yeah. sort of an hour beforehand, nobody else seemed that bothered. And this bee <laughs> just like, gone to court on national news and (laughs) so just the pilots and Vanessa were the only ones that thought it was a bit weird that this bee was having a chat even Ken wasn't that bothered yeah it was just like like, oh why is he talking talking? um I think I fancied Ken a little bit maybe I I realized that Ken is the only normal human in this film quite sexy Ken is he's not a nice character, I would say. But I mean, he's the only one who goes, My girlfriend like me for a bee. <laughs> that is that is true. Just try to set a light it's to him, which realistic is realistic one. But yes, I think your point about continuity is correct. That at the start of the film, you do expect, don't you, that oh my goodness, a bee is talking to me and um Vanessa has this thirty second and I know that's just because of time limitations breakdown where she she pours coffee everywhere and goes a bit mad in her own house and then mm. eventually gets over it and moves on and it's acceptable. And then the world must watch this court case because all the honey in the world is taken away. So presumably we all know that bees can talk now. And then, yeah, you are right. Absolutely. That Hello, pilots. Can I talk to you? And one of them sets up the dinghy in the flight deck and it's... And then, and then one of the air traffic controllers... Goes, who is that? And then he goes, Barry B. Benson. Who's like from the new, and he, and he uh, goes from the court case. Yeah. From the court case and then rolls his eyes as a yeah. like, oh not him again. Maybe the pilots don't watch TV. Maybe. No, Maybe. The fact that they, they recognize him, but they they roll their eyes as if like Ugh, not him again. Maybe he's they thought he was a wasp. I'm going to be honest. I think the pilots would have known that he was on the plane, seeing as, as you said, he reserved a seat. He had his own seat, which I think is really selfish. He's a celebrity legal bee. Those pilots Take definitely know that bees can talk. Also, that guy that managed to trick him <laughs> with with the honey. Yeah. And go, aha, I knew it was you, as if that would be something that someone would think. <laughs> like, uh, I've, I've heard something, I'm pretty sure it's a talking bee. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. sure there are several steps before that that you need to go to. Uh, before, especially because that's before 
he becomes a famous lawyer. Yeah. So it's not like, ah, that's Celebrity B. It's just a random B. It's, and also, what's strange about that is that it has no bearing at any point. Just in case you've not seen the film, there's a bit where when he realises that the honey is being sold in shops, Barry decides to trace it back to the source. And uh, a worker in the convenience store where they are apparently just hates bees. Just hates bees. Because there's no explanation on why this guy is so anti-bee. And and the what I imagine is a very tough man who carries boxes all day and ships and stacks and does all that stuff. And a bee have a fight and the bee wins. <laughs> <laughs> and then this guy tells him where the honey's coming from. And then he's just, yeah, that's it. It's a weird 30 seconds. I mean, I, again... I think you can look at it through two lenses, can't you? Because I think from a kid's point of view, that's quite fun, the idea of a bee and a man having a sword fight and one of them's got a drawing pin and one of them's got a stinger and it's all like, oh, cute. It's just... just Because they, they even do, like, the sword clinking. Yeah, they do, the clash of steel. It's, I just found this to be a strange film. <laughs> I can't, I can't there's, like There's it. lots of lessons to be learned, though. There, there, are. Are the le- there are the classic cartoon... Sorry, animation, whatever lessons in there, like, um, uh, like the angry bees. You know, learn to mm-hmm. control your anger, or else you might die. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, and I mean, there's the whole kind of, uh, I mean, I don't want to say Romeo and Juliet type dating outside of your um, species of what you're. Uh, well, yeah, of like what's acceptable, who's acceptable to date. Yeah, because thing. Juliet was in fact a wasp. Oh <laughs> no, that would have been a good twist. It didn't even mention hornets. Yeah, and this film should have. It would have loved it because hornet sounds remarkably like horny, and that would have been their. They dream. could have had a crew of like really destructive horny hornets. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe the 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 sequel that I'm going to write is going to have that. Nice. You can have that line about GIs. Overpaid, oversexed, over here. There we go. There we go. I like it. I like the fact we're now writing a sequel. (laughs) I I, I feel like it should be called a B-quel. Yes. Just like that chipmunk one. The mosquito. The mosquito should have his own sequel. Like a mosquito spin-off. Yeah. Yeah. Where he's like, you know, going around giving everybody malaria, or, you know, ca- ca- causing havoc on the world. You basically and... want a dystopian future where Chris Rock causes it. And then everybody has to wear a face mask and socially distance. And I oh, know that's been done. Never mind. Shocking. Carry on. People, there's way too many films that have got coronavirus in now. Like, I know, straight away. It's just saturated. Contagion. Did you see that? No. That came out that came out contagion. That came out like before it was made before coronavirus even happened. Mm. And it's very, very similar. It's it is a bit I weird. I thought that about outbreak, and that was like years ago. No, but I mean this was starts in China with a bat and then you know it starts with a cough and stuff. I mean it's a bit more like goes mental, everybody's like they, looting they, shit, they but has anyone been checking on the animals in the zoo? Because this is pretty similar to Planet of the Apes as well. Very true. I, I've not got I've time for it. angry. Oh my goodness! Well, it's going on my list. Oh no. Yeah. 
Ha. Ha. Tricked one, thing, one thing we haven't talked about is the lead character. Oh, uh, yes. Not not just the lead character, but the person who plays. Yes. Be Benson. Come on, Joe. I know this is going to hurt you, but Which get it out there. Jerry Seinfeld. I never and, watched Seinfeld. And no. here's the thing, just as a side note, this is his project as well. Yeah, he, he wrote it, he, right? He produced it he and wrote, wrote it. it. Alongside of this. Imagine this being your passion project. Mm. Maybe he just really fucking loves bees. I think he must. Um, he's going to have to, to be able to write this. But yeah, like, one, I don't think he's ever going to listen to this. Okay. And two, I'm pretty sure he'd heard, he'll, he'll have heard it a million times before. I mean, this film but came out 14 never want ago. to hear his, his voice ever again. <laughs> it's... So, like at first, I thought it was it was quite a like a in uh, the early parts of the film, it was quite a subtle Seinfeld accent, shall we say? Mm. And then by the end, it just went full, kind of as if someone was doing an impression of him on SNL. Sort of like, I just can't deal with it, and it just doesn't look like. I'd never seen the film before. I'd never even seen a trailer. So, like, I had in my head what I thought that B would sound like. Yeah. And then Jerry Seinfeld came out of its mouth. And I was like, what? Like, this doesn't, like... It just didn't... And, and, and I said this to you, Dan, as well. Most of the characters, I think maybe apart from John Goodman, but John Goodman's done... Um, animation and stuff before, mm. so maybe that helps. Yeah, it just they just sounded like cartoons where someone has overlaid their voice <laughs> yeah. from a from a sound booth, and you can almost yeah. hear the sound booth. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, and that's the, that that's the difference I think for me that that brings you in something like Finding Nemo. Or mo- most of Pixar, you see them as whole characters, yeah, because they're well cast, they're well written, like it's it's not too in your face, not not the the dialogue isn't on the nose, everything. So you, you kind of it's a much more immersive experience mm. rather than me watching a cartoon of someone pretending to be a bee. And telling me to love bees more for an hour and a half, mm. uh, and I think again, like it, it's just because it's not because it's not immersive enough. Yeah, it then seems more the message seems more heavy handed. Yep. When actually, that there's a lot of lessons and stuff to be learned, as we discussed last week in Finding Nemo, mm. but because it does them on a more subtle level. Yeah, it's. M- I think it's more enjoyable, but it doesn't. It doesn't feel like they're bashing you over the head with it. I don't think, like as an animated film for kids, I don't. I don't think it's awful. I think, like, if I watched it when I was a kid, I probably would have thought it was all right. I wouldn't have been like, yeah, let's watch it again. And it's only as an adult where I'm like, 
these these jokes are just terrible. So maybe I need to judge it based on what. Like, I mean, a kid's a kid's not going to understand half the jokes in it. So no, true. But well, I think I think actually you can take a, a bit of a step back because I think um, it could sound like what we're doing is just ragging on a studio versus studio approach. Well, that is true. That is true. You are not, Anna. You are pure and loyal and wonderful in all of this, and Joe and I are the monsters. Um, yeah. But actually, we're comparing it last to last week's uh, film, Finding Nemo, which is obviously Pixar, now Disney Pixar. Um, and I think it's really easy to go, oh, well, you know, you just love Disney, you love Pixar, of course you're going to say great things. But actually, DreamWorks, who made this film, <clears throat> have a really good track record. Like, I, I love Shrek. Yeah, Shrek I think is brilliant. But even it. even before that, films like um, I think like The Prince of Egypt and stuff like that is DreamWorks. And these are films that, as a child, I watched and and Ants mm. as well. Because all the way through this film, I was going, "This is just Jerry Seinfeld doing his best impression of um, Woody Allen in Ants," which I don't know if you've seen. DreamWorks made Ants as well. Oh, um, yeah. but you know they did. Ants, they did Prince of Egypt, they did Chicken Run, they did Wallace and Gromit, they've done Shrek as well. So it's not that they, like as a studio, they can't tell a good film or anything like that. I just feel like, I feel like this is almost like, again, a one-man show. Mm. It's almost like Jerry Seinfeld went, I've got an idea for a film. And everybody went, oh my goodness, it's Jerry Seinfeld. Just let him do what he likes. Let him... Let him let him write a story about bees that is strange, and and the the message is good. The message is good. Look after the bees, or life has value. Mm-hmm. You know the, the that nature is cyclical, and what goes around comes around. We're all part. Basically, it's the Lion King. It's the circle of life, and and that's fine. I just I don't know. I just <laughs> I just think there's better ways of telling it, <clears throat> and I don't. I, sorry. <clears throat> Uh-oh, the vax kicking in. For those of you who aren't aware of this, I, I had a For those of you about, that care. About an hour and a half ago, I had my COVID vaccine. It's got me already. Oh, no. Um, as Joe said to me earlier, I'm transmitting 5G as we speak. But I just think it was, there was just something about this film that was strange. Yeah, like, I think... I think the biggest crime that this film has has, has committed is the fact that when you can't in, have a relationship with a bee, you can't have a relationship with a bee. I've tried, one, not a healthy two, one. In in ten minutes or whenever it is that we conclude this podcast, I will forget about that film. I will never. I probably will think about it, and then I'll. <laughs> Every time I you see a bee, I want to think about it, and I will forget it again. And it's just, it just, it may like, and and I get like, it may, it didn't make me feel anything. Well, Whether that okay. be, like, and that's the thing, like, it doesn't have to be something like Finding Nemo where it like speaks to me on a deep level and I really enjoy it. Like something can just be enjoyable as you watch it and you kind of go, Oh yeah, that's that's quite funny. 
but I it, I literally nothinged it. Mm. And I think that I think that's uh, like as a screenwriter and as a filmmaker, I would find that way worse. <laughs> yeah, if someone had a negative reaction to it because it's just like because then it made them think or it like it's given them some form of reaction. There's been an emotional response, whereas it's just. Eh. Mm. Like, I just didn't feel like it affected me in any way. I don't feel like it because it didn't get the point across. Like, because it tried to get the point across too much about everything that it kind of. It's, you know, what it felt like. I've just thought it felt like teachers doing a play. Hmm. About why kids shouldn't do drugs. Like an, am- <laughs> an Amdram theatre company, Legs of Kimbo theatre company. Yeah. Yeah. That's and it's like the kind of like drugs are bad. Oh, it's Don't so f- drugs. It's so funny. Again, you can't see this, but Joe is doing some physical drama as he talks. That's exactly what I was going to do. It's the kind of thing where it's like, do you hear about Dave? Dave's dead. Why is Dave dead? <laughs> I was watching, I was what was it TikTok or something where it was like, yeah, I think it was where someone had posted, um, like, do you remember them GCSE drama things? Yeah. And it was like, <laughs> social media. <laughs> Doing like the Vogue thing or, or like, what was the other one? Like, there's just like loads of like alcohol and they like pretend to take a drink. And it's just like green envy, and the devil comes out. And it's just like because that is what fifteen-year-olds think is meaningful. I mean, I don't think a fifteen-year-old would even think that. They just think, "Oh, it's a cute film about bees. It's a cartoon." Like I don't think anybody. I just don't think anybody cares as much as you guys do. I think you're just overthinking it. I care. I care because because I know what the potential is like there are films that do it well and 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 that's my beef with it i think is the fact that it's like but but you could do this you could have exactly the same story and do it well Mm. and that's that's what frustrates me i think is the fact that and it and we do keep coming back to pixar but it's because they are like the the kind of the yardstick that it's like mm. these guys can really make a film that makes you think and makes you feel something and is well well done and and obviously like different and and like you say it's not DreamWorks as a as a whole because like you say Shrek is great. And there's a couple of others that, that that I don't mind, but I think maybe it was just that they were they were trying too hard, and that it's just kind of like I don't know. But I, yeah, I think it's because of the potential, because I do genuinely think that the the message that they're trying to get across is right, but also they do tend to have like a lot of different messages in this that they're trying to get across and it's like 
are you are you trying to say that they like is it about the capitalist kind Regime. of thing or yeah or or is it about the fact that um or is it like not vegan propaganda but is, is it like the fact that we take honey from bees um is it is it about like all animals like lives matter and like everything like that that it's like it didn't really know what it was trying to say so it just doesn't really end up saying anything. But but that's the thing, like like you say, it's just a film, and it's like I know some like some someone will will like it. Yeah, and there's and it, like it's not like like it's not offensive. Like if someone wants to watch it, like it's like you can watch it. I just mm. I just don't think it's a good film. Like. I just think it's a bit of harmless. It's a bit of harmless fun. It's kind of a nice mixture between slapstick silliness and a bit of a bit of satire, I suppose. You know, poking poking fun at society and with a bit of silliness along the way. And I think that's all you should just take from it. And with a couple of sexy crickets thrown in. Exactly. <laughs> spiders and crickets, and they're all hot. <laughs> Shall we? I, mean, I, say, I saved a bee today, so maybe I learned. I saved something. a bee. Yeah, because it was like creeping towards the pool. It might have oh, been nice. suicidal, and I picked it up and put it on the flower. Good. That is good. That is good. But Why is it they, gonna... for bees, well, the... do they say give them honey to revive them? Well, I didn't have any. She, she's going to be absolutely fuming that I've mentioned this, but my, my friend at work that listens to the podcast <clears throat> killed a spider today. With a with a Hoover, I would never I was get fuming at her. Hmm. I, was like, I was like, "Can you at least mute your microphone so that I can't hear it?" Just and she was like, and then she'd already done it, so I couldn't hear it anyway. But I was like, "Just put it outside." Yeah, like, I, I get people it. don't like insects or whatever, but you just put it outside. Right, I agree. I mean, in that situation, I. <clears throat> I wouldn't put it outside because I'd already have left the house and set the house on fire. But that's neither here nor there. That's just my phobias oh, and foibles. Manly. Hey, I'm in touch with my emotions. And that's yeah, yeah. What I, I don't is. believe in say it. <laughs> I just think it, it, it's not about being a man. It's about being a human. And like, yes, good point. And, and yes. the trouble is, enjoy it. Not murdering any animals. Because I've watched the B movie, I am actually being a human because I signed the title deed over to the spider and it now lives in my house. (laughs) There we go. I'm I'm technically its tenant. (laughs) Has it already got a uh, a lover? Uh, It has. It's an amorous older bee (laughs) who who, uh, couldn't keep his six legs. Well, we know you like the older ladies. (laughs) Only Joe will get that. (laughs) What did you say? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that he likes the older ladies from our That's... conversation earlier. But anyway, moving on. The older ladies. The um, one positive is, and it may just be that I've missed it, but I I seem to 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 feel like there's a lot like in cartoons specifically. There's always that one character that for no other reason, I mean, maybe the the mosquito potentially that they're a specific race or like 
for example, like there's like a Jewish bee. Yeah. And it like and there's always like it's like stereotyped massively. Mm-hmm. Larry King bee. Well, yeah, but as in like and I think maybe the the mosquito could could fit in this character uh, like but it's just like like for, for example Toy Story. Yeah. For me the Mrs. Potato Head mm-hmm. is like the kind of <clears throat> She's like the Jewish mum. Yep. In Jewish mum. And that's the thing, like, I and especially being from England, it's difficult to know. So maybe our American friends can let let us know. Is that like just something that's on films? Or is that like an actual like character trait of people like of like Jewish mums, Yenters. Yeah, it's just like it's really hard to know what stuff on TV and on and in film is actually accurate, or is it just that that's what we've seen on film? But well, because that's to- like saying that British people are all like um, Hugh Grant, and that everybody well, has bad teeth, and which mainly is true. I mean, yeah, yeah, <laughs> do where I come from. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, don't want to say it. Hmm. But yeah, like I, I didn't feel like that. That there, that there was that as much in this in this film. There was just one throwaway line um, because I can't think who voices his dad in this. I'm off the top of my head. Let me have a quick look. Um, but there is a bit where probably midway through the film, um, Barry goes off to see Vanessa. We've not even talked about Rene Zellweger in this. And there's so much I wanted to say, but we'll just leave it. It's no problem. Um, yeah, his dad is voiced by uh, Barry Levinson, um, who you oh. would, you'd probably recognise and who you know. His mum is voiced by Kathy Bates. Um, but there's really? a bit where, yeah, but there's a bit where he goes, he goes, and Adam, his friend, is like, oh, he's going to meet his fancy human lady. And there's just one bit where someone goes, oh, is she even beeish? And it's like. <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot about that as well. And it's like, okay, so I know, I know that there is the cultural thing, and every cartoon has to have the Jewish character or the black character or the whatever character. But I thought, I don't know whether I think that's funny or not. I was going, I think I, I quite like it because actually it is a play on everything. It's another B pun, I know, but I just thought they still managed to get it in there. They still managed to get the Jewish mom into a B movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's, it, it is what it is it is it is now joe said about 10 minutes ago should we do some scores we are so far past anna's bedtime that i'm surprised she's not falling asleep um and i think i'm maybe 90 percent coronavirus at this point so um let's get some scores on the doors uh would anyone like to kick off i will so <laughs> I'm I'm gonna say a two. Dos. I I don't even think you need to justify it. I think we know. No, like, like, no. I'm gonna justify it because everyone's gonna be like, I've ragged on this as much as I ragged on um, Halloween too. Mm-hmm. The reason that it gets two rather than a zero is Halloween. The zero was because it ruined my favorite franchise. Yeah. Rather than 
kind of B movie. It is what it is, sort of thing. Whereas there's a higher expectation for the Halloween name in my in my head. So that's that's my reasoning. That's your reasoning. Perfectly justified. Anna, you got a score for us? Nine. I don't know. <laughs> no, it's a bit of harmless fun that just made no difference to my life in any way. I don't know. Five. I mean, <laughs> five and a half. I don't know. I don't want to, no, I don't want to give it more than that stupid Pikachu thing. Six. I'll give it a six. 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 Okay. And the stupid... It was funny. Okay. <laughs> which, which one is it? Five or six? I'll go for six because I mean I thought Ray Liotta was pretty cheeky. <laughs> See for me, I um it's only a three for me when I was uh, scoring. I know that actually what we need to do at the end of the first year of this is go back and watch every single film all over again with uh, standardised eyes because <laughs> the scores are probably all over the place in these early weeks. Yeah, but... I do wish I could go back and change quite a few. Mm. And, and that's what I mean. We'll yeah, after, after the first year we might go back and uh, we'll do like a special cali- calibration session. Yeah. The second year of this is going to be so on point because we are just going to know what we're doing. Um, it's a three for me because I enjoyed it. It was fine. It was a nice way to start the week watching it. But actually, I'm I'm kind of with Joe in the sense that I'll never That's I'll never watch point. it again. I like I've even recommended Killer Sofa to people at this point because it was awful but brilliant. Yeah, but uh, that's in a different that's a different level of. True, absolutely yeah. true. They are they are different things, but that's the point though that I would still recommend that to someone. Whereas with this film, I'll just go, yeah, I've seen it. It's weird, and um, and so it's a three, three from, okay. which gives it an overall score of nine, which is low, low, low. But how's how'd you work that? What did I give it? Six. Oh, not nine. Sorry. I've missed yeah, our Joe's right. score. I've missed our Joe's score. It's 11, which still isn't massively high. It's a bit of shit, but there we go. That's, um, yeah, it's it's more than more than a third. Yeah, absolutely. It's breaking right. 33%, which is all good, which is all good. Um, right. Well, let's leave it there. Does anyone uh, have any parting comments for our wonderful listeners? Don't, Thank you for bearing with us on this one, by the way. All life matters. Um, honey is for everyone. Down. Honey's disgusting. Just... I wouldn't have that anyway. But... <laughs> now we're getting to the oh. reason why. <laughs> I feel like we should have broken this ground about this. You know minutes. what honey? Honey reminds me of like knickers that have been pissed on and left out in the sun for hours. That's what honey reminds me of. <laughs>